Dominion Voting Systems, Joe Biden's cancer charity, and in Danish study, masks found to be as 0.3%, 0 0.3%, 0 0.3% as in three-tenths of a percentage point effective in preventing coronavirus. All this and more after this clip. 682,770 of these ballots were cast, put in, and they weren't inspected which renders them uh, ballots that are null and void, cannot be counted, have to be removed from the, from the vote. Uh, why? For several reasons, not the least of which is, that was basically only one of two places in the state where it was done. So in the other parts of the state, there was a legitimate inspection of the ballots. So if you have two different standards in different parts of the state, one favoring one part of the state, the other disfavoring the other part of the state. That's a classic violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the United States Constitution. Uh, Bush v. Gore being the most recent case that uh, that that teaches that. So what you just watched is uh, Rudy Giuliani. They had their press conference yesterday. Uh, Giuliani, as well as Jenna Ellis and uh, Sidney Powell, they're all part of Trump's legal team it's currently. Uh, handling all this election fraud, all these claims of election fraud, and all of these, uh, you know, lawsuits that they're pushing in multiple states. So, what Giuliani is explaining, he's explaining the process in Pennsylvania, uh, just to make it brief, I didn't show you the entire clip, but he, he was explaining that in the big cities, for example, in uh, Philly, in particular, in Pennsylvania, what they were doing is they were not opening and validating the uh, the votes the right way. And now once you've already opened and valid validated that vote, if you've opened up a vote and you have not checked the signature to make sure that there was like a legitimate address or everything's supposed to be done on the outside of that ballot, as soon as you open up that ballot on the inside, now it is completely a um, considered a valid a valid vote and you really can't do anything about it. That's what it seems like he's saying. Now... What what he's what he's citing is the Fourteenth Amendment when he says the uh, Equal Protections Clause, and I'm going to read that off for you. I'll put it up on the screen as well. Uh, and I quote: "All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and and of the state wherein they reside." No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall all any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws, end quote. The most important part of, uh, there's a lot to unpack there in that 14th Amendment, but the most important part... All the very beginning parts, there's a lot of stuff having to do with uh, immigration law. But the very last part, the nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. That's the most important part that he's alluding to. It is because in other areas where there are Trump voters present, they were going much more stringent in the process of checking votes and validating them. They were throwing out many more uh, votes in those other areas that were distinctly known to be red voting or Trump voting areas, and that's really where he's draw drawing that opinion. So, so that's something I think that's been in a couple of their lawsuits because there's been a different rule 
uh, in terms of voting validation. So you're validating more votes in a Biden area than you are in a Trump area just because it's a Biden area. That's really what he is. Uh, that's the argument he's trying to draw. I mean, that's the least important, but that is a constitutional issue, what he's talking about. That's a, the least important thing to take from this uh, from this conference here. So I'm going to go and I'm going to play clip two. More by the day is the massive influence of communist money through Venezuela, Cuba, and likely China in the interference with our elections here in the United States. The Dominion voting systems, the Smartmatic technology software, and the software that goes in other computerized voting systems here as well, not just Dominion, were created in Venezuela at the direction of Hugo Chavez to make sure he never lost an election after one constitutional referendum came out the way he did not want it to come out. We have one very strong witness who has explained how it all works. His affidavit is attached to the pleadings of Lynn Wood in the lawsuit he filed in Georgia. <clears throat> it is a stunning, detailed affidavit because he was with Hugo Chavez while the, he was being briefed on how it worked. He was with Hugo Chavez when he saw it operate to make sure the election came out his way. That was the express purpose for creating this software. He has seen it operate. And as soon as he saw the multiple states shut down the voting at the, on the night of the election, he knew the same thing was happening here, that that was what had gone on. Now, the software... Now, uh, essentially, what Sydney That's Sidney Powell. A uh, little background information on her. She is... Uh, Mike Flynn's lawyer. Uh, she's she's one of the biggest legal minds in the game right now in the United States. She's considered of utmost integrity. She's just very very good at her job. She's very convincing. Uh, what she's talking about is that these that these vote the origin of this Dominion voting system. Now, Dominion voting system is the actual physical. I guess the physical machine that's involved with tabulating the votes. Now, Smartmatic which they'll get to if they that'll get to that in the next video but smartmatic is uh the actual software that's run on the machines now that's the part i guess that they're really worried about but the dominion voting system was created originally for uh mr hugo chavez socialist ex-socialist uh dictator of venezuela and he was using it to try to manipulate the election at the time. That's really what she's uh, alluding to. And then she's also saying there's big money. I think, I don't know if I have it in one of these videos, but she does actually mention uh, Soros. That, that you know, one of these heads of Dominion uh, voting systems w is actually related to Soros in ways in which he's like a co-chair on some of Soros's you know, political committees that he has trying, trying to impact the election pretty much. He, he has all these different things that he pays into and he's always trying to manipulate and mess with our elections i don't really understand why maybe it'll help him make more money i'm not really exactly sure but she's just alluding to the origin of the system and how it was used with uh sign affidavits which they at this point they have something like 250 affidavits right now but in particular the one she's alluding to is a man that worked with uh the venezuelan dictator chavez and he's seen them in use before and how it works and how they tabulate and how they'll stop in the middle. As soon as he saw, you know, uh, late 
late Tuesday night, the night of the election, as soon as they saw in Georgia and Pennsylvania where they stopped counting in the middle, then he knew that that's what they were doing. You know, according to her affidavits, by the way, for anybody listening, it is, uh, that's unaware. Anybody, anybody listening that's unaware, an affidavit is like a sign. It's, it's pretty much, an, uh, you sign under oath with penalty of perjury if you're lying. It's something that's used commonly in court cases. It's pretty much saying, hey, this is my, uh, my oath. This is what I'm gonna, I'm gonna go under oath and I'm gonna say this is the, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, that whole thing. So this next clip, is about the possible manipulation of the Smartmatic software, and it's going to once again be Sidney Powell. Now, the software itself was created with so many variables and so many back doors that can be hooked up to the internet or a thumb drive stuck in it or whatever, but one of its most characteristic features is, is its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden, which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm that had been plugged into the system. And that's what caused them to have to shut down in the states they shut down in. Uh, so what I was talking about before is what ex exactly what she confirms. What she's confirming here is that uh, that this tabulation device can be manipulated through that Smartmatic software, um, whether you can just use a USB drive or somehow you can connect or transmit signals through, I guess, the Internet to manipulate that software and her guess is that there was an algorithm. I don't. I'm not exactly sure uh, about the technicalities of all of this, but there was an algorithm that was used, and she's gonna. She'll get to that. You'll hear that clip as well. Uh, but there was an algorithm that was used in order to manipulate the uh, the vote count, and it was actually that it was such a substantial Trump vote. So let's say, for example, they're assuming. That, you know, Trump, for every one Trump vote, there's going to be 0.75 Biden votes. So, like, let's say for every single 100 Trump votes, they're predicting that 75% of, uh, or Biden will get 75 votes. So, so Biden's going to get 75% of the vote of the, of uh, what Trump's going to get. So, what they do in that tabulation software is, for every single 75 votes for Biden, they're going to give him an extra, let's say, you know, 30 votes or that they somehow mess with the algorithm and the percentages to make Biden's vote actually worth more of a vote. So let's say every 75 votes Biden gets, they mess with the algorithm to make 75 or each individual vote worth more than just one vote in the software. So, you know, let's say it was... 120 votes for every 75 and that's how they passed up trump but the problem is with it is they actually assumed because they probably based it on the polls and this is just assuming everything that she's saying is correct there actually has not been any evidence that they've put out this is just considered to them and you'll see in the very last clip that i have this is considered them as an opening statement to america to the people because everyone's kind of confused of what's exactly going on and what all these sworn affidavits they're collecting are for but what it's supposed to be is, like I said, an opening statement with not all of the actual stuff, you know, not all the facts and the evidence. So hopefully they present that. Uh, people have been giving them a hard time because uh, Tucker Carlson came out and he was saying 
he was saying, you know, it all sounds good and well, but where the heck's the evidence? I didn't see any evidence, which he's actually right. I mean, I agree with him. There really was not evidence. There was just almost like theories. They do, I'm sure, have some sort of evidence. They're just presenting it to the people in the most consumable format right now. But the people kind of want, after waiting for probably, what, two weeks now, people are really looking for something because people, I think, are getting a little bit worried about what the results of the election are actually going to be if they don't have anything because the media is really peddling big time in, um, you know, in Biden's corner. And, I mean, it's pretty obvious, it's pretty apparent for anybody that's watching that's of the other side that they're not even talking about any of the affidavits. They're not talking about any of the court cases, any of the litigation. They're not even talking about the voting systems. There's been a complete media suppression and media shutdown of anything that is some sort of semblance of the other side. I'm not even saying a semblance of truth. Yeah, they will not, just like the Hunter Biden stuff, they would not go out and uh, report anything at all. It was a total media shutdown. In this scenario, it's pretty much the same thing. I'm not even going to say if it's true or not, whether what they're reporting. I'm not going to say, oh, well, they don't even want to report the truth, but they don't even want to report what's going on at all. Nothing. I mean, it's completely, it's a complete media suppression. It really is. It's a shame. It's such malfeasance by them. They really, over these last couple of years, they've really gone to show, I mean, they're in bed with the poll with the poll numbers as well. They've gone to show how ineffective the media as well as the poll numbers are. And I don't even want to use the word ineffective because I think there is some sort of malintent behind what they do. And it is very apparent and obvious if you are watching any of the mainstream media sources or, you know, the social media, what have you. And here really, like I said, she's just alluding that these machines can be manipulated and uh, her prediction is there was an algorithm that they wrote up that algorithm they they did not predict the numbers correctly. So when the Trump votes started coming in and they were being tabulated, he was still actually, you know, necking out Biden. He was beating Biden in the votes. So they had to stop in the middle of the night in these in these states like Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin. I mean, it happened all at the same time. It, it, what they're saying, their theory does sound like, I mean, they're definitely for sure something fishy about all these swing states. Once they already declared, you know, like the set in stone red states, you have states like... um you know, North Carolina, there was Michigan, Wisconsin, as well as Pennsylvania, even Nevada and, you know, Arizona. It's like in the middle of the night, they just stopped counting votes. And it was very odd. And then suddenly at four in the clock in the morning, they said they were going to stop counting votes at like 10 o'clock and then four o'clock in the morning, suddenly all these votes flow in for Biden. So uh, I have another clip here. It's going to be, it's going to be about the um, Smartmatic makers and their association with the Venezuelan government. 25 million votes during the 2004 presidential election in the United States. Smartmatic now acknowledges that Antonio Mujica, a Venezuelan businessman, has controlling interest in Smartmatic, but the company has not revealed who all the Smartmatic owners are. According to the press, Smartmatic's owners are hidden through a web of offshore private entities, and that is, in fact, true. Smartmatic has been associated with the Venezuelan government led by Hugo Chavez, which is openly hostile to the United States, and of course, as we all know, communistic and really uh, brutalizing its own people. The system has been continued there by Mr. Maduro and ensured his election. Now here what she's doing is she's alluding to who it is 
that is uh, makes up the Smartmatic base who created them, Smartmatic. Uh, she talks about the Venezuelan government, uh, all these offshore accounts. And then she also, I don't think I have the clip in here just for sake of time because I had so, I mean, I had so much content that I had to break down. She talks about how Smartmatic was, Smartmatic has already uh, closed down shop in all of their offices. Everyone's moved out of the office. You can't connect to anybody. You can't contact anyone that works there. Uh, and then she also alluded to the uh, Clinton Foundation, Clinton Foundation board members having involvement as well in politics, which, I mean, in this in this election, which also speaks to the the wider the wider truth about the Clinton Foundation and uh, Rudy Giuliani actually talks about about it in this press conference, but the press was about an hour and a half, so I didn't want to you know I didn't want to record, put a bunch of clips in. Some people get uninterested, they tune out. So I'm trying to minimize it as much as possible, but I'm trying to be as uh, you know cogent as as possible as well. But he said he was talking about the Democrats, and he said that the I don't know if it was in this video or if it was in the same day. He did a bunch of different interviews, but he's like. He was he was talking about the Democrats. He's like, oh man, when I was a young guy, uh, Democrats were good guys. He's like, you know, we had our disagreements, but he's like, ever since Clinton started, he's like, the Democrat Party's just become super corrupt, <laughs> which I thought was funny because he was saying, you know, even when he was uh, known when he was the mayor, uh, in New York, and I guess before before that, he was talking about the Democrat Party and how they used to really really be uh, for the people, and now it seems like as soon as the prominence of the Clintons rose to power, everything got extremely corrupt. And it seems very, I mean, it, it does raise a lot of concerns when you have the Clintons, Clinton Foundation people are always involved in so many different things. And there's a slush fund. And then there was that whole Haiti uh, disaster. Haiti got hit by a hard tsunami. And then the Clinton Foundation raised all this money, but apparently only 10% of the money went to Haiti. So it's just pretty much a laundering operation that they run in the Clinton Foundation. I'm also going to cover this uh, because Joe Biden has actually a very similar thing going on, just not the same magnitude. He's not making as much money or bringing as much money in. But uh, so next next clip I have here for you is that, you know, it's it's Sidney Powell talking about that there's no doubt that uh, they use this to influence the election uh, in other Latin American countries. Uh, Maduro and uh, what's his name Chavez you know Maduro's the current dictator right now in the socialist regime of Venezuela where everyone's lost an average of about 20 pounds so everyone's pretty much starving over there because they have no food or money because of socialism and socialist uh, policies so we're going to continue with that next clip and we're going to go ahead with uh, play clip five no doubt it has been used to alter elections in other countries um we know specifically that Venezuela exported it for that purpose to Argentina and other Latin American companies to make sure that the corrupt rulers who were willing to pay the highest price for being in office were allowed to rig their elections. So Sidney Powell is outlining that this is this is a system that's been used by many uh, many authoritarians and anybody that's interested in winning an election. This is a normal influence peddling influence this is probably to to speak to the broader spectrum this is probably something that was known about uh, in some political groups i'm not sure exactly which ones who knows establishment republicans they all hate a lot of them hate trump they probably could have known about this i doubt donald trump knew about all this these systems or else he would have been shouting from the rooftops about it and his team probably didn't know but 
this this has been an influence peddling campaign in which you can just you know go ahead and pretty much set up an algorithm to win an election you know and because there's no receipts which there should have been with these ba- ballots there should have been some sort of receipt that you had to validate your your ballot or there should be some sort of voter ID laws, but there's all these things that pretty much set up the perfect storm to make it very easy to throw an election through these these systems. So next clip I have here is going to be how much the system's been used in America and how easily it can manip- manipulate with the algorithms. Here she alludes to how these algorithms work a little bit. Play clip six. It's utilized in 2,000 jurisdictions in 30 states. It has been uncertifiable in multiple states who realized all the problems that it had, including Texas. Experts have described it across the board from a Princeton group of three professors to uh, experts that we have talked to about its end user vulnerabilities. People can admittedly go in and change whatever they want. They can set the ratio of votes from one thing to another. They can say that uh, a Biden vote counts as 1.25 and a Trump vote counts as 0.75. And those may be the numbers that were actually used here. It's not just the swing states that were affected. The algorithm was likely run across the country to affect the entire election. Like I said, we only discovered it this year because of the overwhelming number of votes for President Trump in the swing states that caused the machines to have to shut down for them to backfill uh, for adding votes. We have- so as I was saying before, uh, there's certain algorithms in the system. She mentioned the 1.25 uh, algorithm for a uh, Joe Biden vote and a 0.75 for a, uh, for a Donald Trump vote. And like she said before, the only reason that they caught it is because, and I don't know, I mean, Rudy Giuliani's talking about how these votes were somehow counted in Frankfurt, Germany, because there's a server back there, and there's also a server in Venezuela that counts the votes, where it sends all that information back there, or something with the military, how they intercepted the votes from Frankfurt, Germany, I'm not exactly sure about all those, there's all these weird theories, if you're, um, if you follow any of these Trump pages on Facebook, there's all these different theories, but none of them are really verifiable yet, uh, but like she said, there is a there is some sort of an algorithm that sets this software up. That's what she's saying. Who knows? Um, just a little maintenance note here. If, you, if you're checking in the background and you're going, what the heck is going on with Rudy Giuliani? There's a lot of uh, memes out there of him that came out yesterday, which are p- quite hilarious, honestly. And uh, because he had hair dye on, I mean, the dude's in his 60s. I'm pretty sure he's like in his late 60s. So he had hair dye and it was dripping down from the sweat all over his face. He looked like a ghoul or something from Halloween, like a Halloween movie. And uh, he, the whole time he's sitting there patting his face. He's like, I mean, he's like a classic Italian guy. He's just sitting there sweating the whole time. And uh, But I think there was some sort of issue with the ventilation in the uh, in that press conference. Because even Sidney Powell, when she walked up, I think it was the first video I show you, she ends up, uh, she's pulling up her sleeves and he's sweating the whole time. You could tell the way she's talking. She seems like she's out of breath. I don't know what the heck was going on. The ventilation in this room must have not been that efficient. I'm not really exactly sure. But the very last video here, what I have is Jenna Ellis. And she just she just lays right into the media. It's going to be a long clip, but it's, it's everything it's worth. Play clip uh, seven. At and what you can expect from this process. So what you have heard, I'm sure, in the fake newspapers tomorrow will be one of two things. Either 
there was not sufficient evidence that we've presented or we spoke too long. Okay, so what you've heard now is an, basically an opening statement. This is what you can expect to see when we get to court to actually have a full trial on the merits to actually show this evidence in court and prove our case. This is not a law and order episode where everything is neatly wrapped up in 60 minutes. For those of you who are here in this room or have maybe tuned out in other networks, clearly you've never been court reporters. Trials take time. Putting on evidence takes time. This is basically an opening statement so the American people can understand what the networks have been hiding and what they refuse to cover because all of your fake news headlines are dancing around the merits of this case and are trying to delegitimize what we are doing here. Let me be very clear that our objective is to make sure to preserve and protect election integrity. President Trump has been saying from day one that this is about maintaining free and fair elections in this country. It is not about overturning an outcome. It is about making sure that election integrity is preserved. And every American should want that. If every So as you can see here, uh, Jenna Ellis just absolutely eviscerates the media. <laughs> Which is nice to see every once in a while, considering nobody does it. Uh, you know... Her, Kaylee McEnany just destroys them. I saw Kaylee McEnany today said something like, uh, one of the reporters was yelling at her, hey, you didn't ask me a question, you didn't let me answer, you didn't let me ask a question. And she goes, she goes, I don't answer. <laughs> she She's walking away and she turns around, she stops everything she's doing, she turns around to the mic and she goes, I don't take questions from activists. <laughs> she walks off. <laughs> So that was tremendous. I always like when somebody gives it to the media like that because they're just so I, – I really do. I wish the media – because, you know, I'm a constitutional guy. So the very First Amendment, you know, it covers the, the freedom of speech. There's five different freedoms. There's the freedom of assembly. There's, like, the religious freedom. There's uh, speech. There's press. And then there's what? The freedom of assembly. And, uh, and sh you know, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're not – covering this the way it should be covered and she they pretty much go out there and if you haven't noticed donald trump the reason in which he tweets so much i know a lot of people have a hard time with his tweets they they get they get pissed off they don't really like them some people will vote say you know he's a good guy he's got my vote but you know i don't like the tweets the reason he tweets out so much is because the mainstream media doesn't cover any good things that he does and that's why <laughs> like right now this whole thing that's going on you got moderna you got pfizer coming out with vaccines now those vaccines aren't directly related they're not you know donald trump's not in a lab coat in the lab you know getting the vaccine ready to go he's not you know he's not some big mad genius but the loosening of restrictions and the red tape really uh you know made that feasible he accommodated them in a lot of ways in which uh you know other administrations wouldn't do so that's but that's something that zero credit you get zero credit all the time so that's the problem with the media though they have absolutely uh you know they've given up their their integrity just because they hate donald trump so much and if they really reported things straight down the line there's a lot of things that you can rip trump for it's the same thing with the democrat party like the democrat party could easily win elections like just destroy the, the republican party if they just acted somewhat moderate i think there's a lot of moderate democrats out there and there's also a lot of people that are Republican that would actually vote, like, if they weren't touting socialism and socialized medicine and $15 minimum wage and all these other things, 
I think that they could easily sweep the Republicans if they were just much more conscious and they didn't run so far to the left on a lot of their issues. But I'm going to wrap this part up here. I'm going to continue. Now, Sidney Powell, as I said, she was on Lou Dobbs. And I have a quote, and she's quoting that affidavit that she was referring to in the videos, the Venezuelan uh, whistleblower. The, it was a high-ranking military official of uh, Hugo Chavez. And she says, and this comes from the affidavit, and I quote, Desi- Designed in a way the system could change the vote of each voter without being detected. He wanted the software itself to function in such a manner that if the voter were to place their thumbprint or fingerprint on a scanner, then the thumbprint would be tied to a record of the voter's name and identity as having voted, but that voter would not be tracked to the changed vote. He made it clear that the system would have to be set, but not leave any evidence to the change of the vote for a specific voter, and that there would be no evidence to show and nothing to contradict that the name or thumbprint was going with a changed vote. Smartmatic agreed to such to create such a system and produce the software and hardware that accomplished the result for President Chavez. End quote. So that was uh, Sidney Powell quoting the affidavit, the sworn uh, affidavit from that individual. And pretty much, I mean, you know, Hugo Chavez was throwing elections, essentially. And if you had your, your fingerprint or whatever vote it was, he wanted the system, he wanted the software set up so he could just turn around and change that vote and you would have no clue. And uh, now, according to Powell, the whistleblower cites multiple instances where the Smartmatic software was used in Venezuela to help the socialist uh, president Hugo Chavez win elections in 2006 and 2013. I think he then died thereafter from like cancer or something. Uh, Mister Mister Chavez, the grand old time that guy was. Uh, <laughs> now, among other stories, and it's something that she talks about in this press conference but i didn't you know like i said it's very long so i did not want to cover it there but i will cover it now is that there was this massive twitter following uh, raising concerns about dominion Uh, there was a washington examiner report in december of 2019 and the democrat a couple democrat senators uh senator warren klobuchar and ron wyden which is funny because I mentioned them in a couple videos ago. Uh, they were signatories on a letter that cited reports of machine switching votes, undisclosed vulnerabilities, and improbable results that threaten the integrity of our elections. So that's something that they stated a year ago, and now it seems like it's, you know, no one's going to agree with that now, but that's something that Democrats raised a question about before, saying that it was, hey, listen, these systems and this software, this might be easy to manipulate. I don't know what's the, I don't know what the deal is with this stuff. So that all comes from a Washington Examiner article. I'm going to, I'll cite that in the description. And then I got another one here from the International Business Times. And this one's uh, definitely a much more of a pro-Biden uh, anti or just an anti Giuliani. They kind of make fun of him. They stab at him a little bit with a couple jokes, and uh, but it does it does have some quotes from Giuliani when he was talking to the reporters, and he says, and I quote, "You should be more astounded by the fact that our our votes are counted in Germany and in Spain by a company owned by affiliates of Chavez and Maduro." End quote. So, like I said, I was alluding to that before. That he was saying that they're being counted in Germany or Spain because this is where these uh, companies are, and I guess that's where their servers are. So, so that's another one. And then, uh, 
it is very alarming uh, if if this does turn out to be true it is very very concerning that we're having our votes tabulated in other countries and you know there's no receipt really to back up those votes so there's really nothing it's hard to prove uh, at the same time it is it is hard to prove that fraud i don't really know how they're going to do it exactly uh I, I don't know. I mean, everyone I listen to, it seems like oh, there's a lot of different podcasters out there on the right side, and they, they talk about it. And I don't mean the right side is in the right. I just mean they're right-leaning politically. And they talk about it, and they seem like they really are stumped, a lot of them. I mean, Rush Limbaugh's always, you know, he's always positive because he's, he's like the mayor of, you know, positivity. So people like to go listen to him when anything bad happens because he's always got something good to say. But now the company in question is is smartmatic like i said they were founded in 2000 in florida by two men born in venezuela smartmatic's chairman mark malik uh, brown is on the board of the open society foundation started by a billionaire philanthropist george soros a, recur- a recurring boogeyman of the uh, republican politicians see like i said this is a much more of a left-wing uh, source here the company's chairman and I quote, is a close associate and business partner of George Soros, the biggest donor to the Democratic Party, the biggest donor to Antifa, and the biggest donor of Black Lives Matter, end quote, Giuliani says. So, man, which is which he is right. Uh, that guy is a close associate. George Soros is known for funding American causes. Not really sure why. I think he actually likes to see us suffer. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'm not going to do the Alex Jones where he talks about uh, George Soros. Uh, I'm not sure making the, making the frogs gay. I'm not going to do that whole Alex Jones thing. I'm not really exactly sure about what's going on with uh, George Soros and why he's so interested in our elections or why he buys influence. He actually doesn't even live in this country. He's I think he's in Denmark somewhere. Now, <clears throat> to end to end this... Uh, Giuliani accuses Biden's aides of orchestrating the alleged fraud. He states, they made significant mistakes like all crooks do, and we caught them, end quote. So he does say all this. This is all in the uh, in the video version, but this is just a little extra to add on to it because, you know, I didn't want to play all the clips. And uh, so so next I have a Daily Mail article. It'll be in the it'll be in the description. Joe Bi- it is it is titled Joe Biden's cancer charity spent more than three point seven million on staff salaries, but distributed zero towards research grants over two years. Tax filings reveal. So this is this is just like I said, you know, there was that uh, laundering operation going through the Clinton Foundation. This is Biden's version of that laundering. So the Biden Cancer Initiative did not distribute any money towards research or provide grants during its first two years, tax filings reveal. Now, the contributions and grants, uh, it was it was $4,809,000. Investment income, meaning if, if they took that $4,800,000 and they invested it, all they got was $3,388. So their total revenue... And this was, I think, in, let's see, in 2017 and 2018, the total revenue was uh, 4813000 So the charity, what's, what's, what makes this all interesting is that the charity also spent millions of dollars on uh, staff salaries, other expenses, and, and, and their total expense report equates to 4791000 And uh, the staff salaries alone were $3 million. And I have that 
all up on uh on the video for you anybody that listens to the podcast on apple podcast or spotify i do provide receipts or i rather i provide pictures going along with what i'm talking about i'm not just pulling these stats out of my out of my ass um now gregory simmon the biden cancer initiative president and former pfizer executive reportedly received $429,850 during the 2018 fiscal year per filings viewed by Daily Mail. Uh, Simon, who spearheaded the Obama administration's cancer task force, was paid nearly double his 2017 earnings, uh, which were $224,539. And uh, Daniel Carnival, the former chief of staff of Obama's cancer moonshoot, Moonshot task force was paid two hundred fifty eight thousand two hundred seven dollars. So <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it it just really once it, like I said once it goes to show how deep the establishment is and the swamp is because you're talking about the point that Biden even started this cancer initiative was to get money together. His son, I think, just passed away. And he just passed away from cancer. So we started this initiative to get money together to go towards uh, file, like grants and stuff like that to help that research out. And it seems like they just embezzled the money. And, and you know, oh, this this is what he could have told him, by the way. So we collected for, for this is the way in which laundering works. Or this is the way that I think Chinese operations worked with Hunter Biden and the laptop and all that garbage. Where Hunter Biden was collecting money and then he was giving 10% to, to his dad, to the big guy. or his, Also known as Joe Biden, his dad. Is... Okay, we'll pay this guy four hundred and twenty nine thousand dollars. Guess what, dude? You got to pay me ten percent of that money. He probably did that right across the board, and that's how you launder. That's how you embezzle money, and you really can clean the money up and make it look clean, and it really is not clean. And that's that's the way in which uh, you know uh, criminals operate. They're it's it's they're criminals in suits. That's the difference between you know the criminality that goes on on the government level and the criminality that goes on in the in private life now as you can see former Pfizer executive you know like I said the swamp goes deep the look who gave money to Biden's campaign it's not hard to figure out that that's what's going on and uh yeah so that's that I mean that was a very brief part that was in the uh the news recently now this is this is the most impressive part I like to say of the podcast people are probably going to be more impressed by the beginning but the Danish mask study. Now, this came out of, let me see here, the exact journal. The Annals of Internal Medicine Journal. They posted this, uh, this study, and it is, it's titled, Effectiveness of Adding a Mask Recommendation to Other Public Health Measures to Prevent SARS-CoV-2 uh, Infection in Danish Mask Wearers. So really, you have you had a total of three thousand and thirty participants. They were randomly assigned to the recommendation to wear masks. So then the control group, which was twenty nine hundred ninety four, so two thousand nine hundred ninety four is the control. The control group is 
the ones not wearing the masks, all right? And the 3,030 are the ones being told, hey, listen, wear a mask. Now, throughout this study, they, uh, man, they gave 50 masks away to these people that they told to wear masks. They told them to wear masks outside, obviously not inside. And then the compliance, the mask compliance, and you can read this study. I'll leave it up in the uh, summary. It's actually not that difficult to read. It's a pretty quick read. It'll maybe take you five minutes if you want to know any information about how effective, because this is actually the most relative and the most expansive study that's come out with empirical data to support it, that how uh, wearing a mask actually prevents COVID-19. It's the only one that's relative to COVID-19. Like I said in in before podcasts, I have explained that these aerosols, which is the way in which you catch COVID-19, you're much more likely to get it through aerosols than you are through... um, physical you know spit when someone's talking to you and they found in this study that uh that these men and they gave them you know the surgical masks they didn't give them the n95s but they found in this study 93 percent of the time these people that they told to wear masks were wearing masks outside so it wasn't like they were not wearing masks uh they found that 4,000 completed infection with COVID-19 occurred in 42 participants that were recommended to wear the masks. So 42 out of 3,030 is a 1.8% rate of infection. And 53 control uh, participants, which is a 2.1%. So the the, uh, control were the people not wearing the masks. 2,994 out of that many people, 53 of them. So you're looking at the control group, 2.1% of the people ended up getting COVID. And then in the uh, in the mask-wearing group, it was a 1.8% of them ended up getting COVID. So you're looking at a 0.3% uh, prevention rate coming from, that's the difference between these the control group and the uh, the mask group. A 0.3 percentage point, meaning three-tenths of 1%. That's how effective your masks are, your medical masks are. Now, those those surgical masks are supposed to be known. Uh, people like to think they're actually very effective uh, comparatively to, like, a bandana or, you know, one of those weird things you wear. I don't even know what it's called. You wear on your neck. I think it's called, like, a gaither or something like that. So uh, that goes to show, and that's a Danish study. It's the most extensive study that's been out. Uh, wearing masks as it relates to preventing COVID-19. So all these mask measures now should really at this point be completely canceled. There's no point in even making a mask mandate. It goes to show that this is just not, the mask is ineffective. If you're telling me three-tenths of a percentage point, it's that effective and everyone should still wear masks, then we've absolutely lost our minds. Because 0.3 of a percentage point uh, effective in in preventing the spread of COVID-19 is not effective enough to warrant wearing a mask wearing a mask and to be honest with you I actually thought the initial numbers from what I read on these uh these studies with aerosols and how many aerosols actually get through that mask I thought that these these masks would be maybe five to ten percent effective I really didn't think that they'd even be this bad and and once again five to ten percent effective to me is does not warrant me wearing a mask I think that's absurd and we've all lost our minds at this point. Everything that's going on with the arbitrary lockdowns and 
you know, the health experts this entire time have been wrong. They have predicted that it would be 2 million people dead. They were completely wrong by a factor of 10. And the fact that we're still counting deaths when in a regular flu season, usually the death count stops at a certain point until the next flu season starts. We're just continuing the ticker. We're going to continue to count because it is a political game. And if anybody's noticed this entire time running for the election during the summer, it was easy for Joe Biden. He just got to sit in his house the entire time while Donald Trump was doing like four or five uh, rallies every single day and, uh, you know, lead by example. <laughs> I mean, you got one guy sitting in his, he's just sitting in his basement the whole time. And then the other guys out there doing like four or five rallies a day, which one do you want as your president? And you'll see in these uh, papers as I go forward, they talk about an energetic president, a robust president, somebody that's, you know, ready to go at all times, pretty much somebody that can unite the country. And, you know, that's to, to me, it doesn't look like a Joe Biden, but, you know, that's just me personally. And like I said, these these arbitrary mask measures are a serious problem. This is something by the media that should be exposed. This study to begin with should be out there in the open and studies about the mask and the aerosols and you know nanometers how they measure the size of aerosols that's something as well that should really be have been out there in the media i shouldn't have had to go out of my way to go look that up and figure out that study and read it it's really not that difficult for a journalist i mean you have all day to put together your shows or to put together your articles and if you're putting out one article a day i can easily put out a podcast every single day and i work a full-time job i work a full eight-hour job every single day sometimes i'll work even more maybe i'll work you know 50 hours a week if I can come out with a podcast and I can read studies and I can figure this out, you guys with your giant budget, you should also be able to figure out how to get uh, information out to the people that help them and is conducive to them and benefits them. But they're not going to because they don't want you to know any of this information. They want complete, total power over you and your mind. They want to manipulate you. They want to impact you. And impact. They want to get in your head. They want to impact the way in which you think. And they want you to spread the word and they want you to be afraid and wear that mask because now at this point it has become an object of fear. People outside are wearing masks, yelling at other people for not wearing masks. I mean, it's it's insane. It's all just a giant virtue signal grandstand. Hey, do I care about other people's lives? That's really what it's being used for to bludgeon uh, people that are freedom-minded and and don't believe that the masks work and this study i mean it confirms that the masks don't, they don't work you know not all studies are perfect there you can always point at inconsistencies uh people are saying oh well you know it depends maybe they weren't wearing the mask that well or yeah but let's apply it to real life is every single person you see on the street wearing the mask the exact way that you're supposed to wear it are they wearing the exact you know n95 mask what are they wearing so you can really throw that you can throw that argument around anywhere. I, I would like to say let's apply it to real life standards. And this this study does a pretty good job of doing so. Like I said, I'll leave the description. I'll leave a uh, I'll leave the link up in the description. But that's gonna be it for this one. I appreciate you for tuning in. Please like, share, subscribe if you like the content. If you don't, you know, comment, do whatever. I infiltrated this this far left. Uh, facebook group page and i finally got them to actually view some of my content i was putting out 
every single time I was adding, sharing to groups, I was putting out stuff to share to them, but I guess some of them were too lazy to really click on the link, and I was hoping I would get some sort of response that was conducive or or was critical of me, and maybe I'd be able to change around, but all I got was just a bunch of personal attacks, uh, talking about how I'm, I'm balding a little bit, which I know I've been balding since I was like 18 years old at this point, and um, yeah, I was very disappointed because not even the insults were good, so it mostly just a bunch of hipsters, which was really weird, like hipster guys with weird mustaches. Those are mostly the dudes that, that were commenting on my videos. Some of them went to my personal pages, and some people stood up for me, which I appreciate. Not that I, you know, not that I need it. I don't really care. <laughs> it just goes to I, I really did that because I was hoping I'd get some some you know critical arguments or something, and I can kind of go back and look at what I what I cited, what I said, and then I can kind of criticize my own argument and try to solidify it make it stronger give it a better foundation but i didn't get that from them obviously i just got like a bunch of anger and hate which just goes to show how tolerant you know the other side is uh, they talk the side that preaches about tolerance all the time they're not very that tolerant as as i can see it's been displayed online so yeah so like share subscribe the, to the uh to the page and uh, if you can share it I would appreciate that uh, drop the mic make sure you drop the mic on everyone you know but that's gonna be it for this video I got another one will be coming out on Monday it'll be the Federal's number 10 it'll be pretty awesome Federal's number 10 is huge that's a, that's a Madison special and that's gonna that's gonna be it uh, stay tuned I will talk to everyone on Monday thank you